Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and worship God through song. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, it's a beautiful rainy day outside, but welcome. Um, online too, hey there. All right, but really glad to have you guys here today in the rain. There are no classes tonight. Due to the convention, there will be no praise and share on Wednesday. The food pantry this Thursday um, from 9 to 11, if you can help with that. Next Sunday, between 8.15 and 9, we are feeding you. Yes, so come and eat. It'll be a light breakfast in the lobby right here, so you'll want to do that. I have also these handy-dandy little flyers, and they're put on the handy-dandy little offering thing out in the lobby here. Super cute. And this gives you lots of information, like it talks about BBS. It gives you all this stuff. So you'll want to grab one of these before you leave today. Um, hey, Gage, do you have any pictures of carpenters? Oh, look at that. He is already on it before I even say it. Um, some of our guys are at Carpenters for Christ, and look at what they are doing. It is super cool. I'm. That's a lot of work. I, Growing up, I got to experience that, and it is um, it's something. So that's really cool. Um, if any of you guys attended the fairground this morning, I bet you needed your rain boots because it was a little wet today. But hopefully you guys got to do that. I'd like to welcome Randy Dar up to lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. You're the only one worthy of our praise. And we just thank you for allowing us to be uh, connected to you. We uh, uh, thank you for the rain that has came overnight and to quench the thirst of the ground. And uh, we just thank you for taking care of our, uh, of our crops and, and, uh, and taking care of us. Um, we ask you to be with our uh, Carpenters for Christ 
people will be with Charlie and Dave and, and Richard as they're away from us, help them to accomplish the task before them and uh, be with uh, our members that will be attending the convention this week. I pray that you'll protect them and guide them in the decisions that have to be made and just uh, direct us this morning that we worship you in, in spirit and truth, that we will understand and learn what you want us to know that makes us more useful um, servants to you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you please stand with me once again, we'll continue to worship through song. Water you turned into wine And opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you And into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you, none like you, cause our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God. Our God And into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us, and if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any our God is healer, he's awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Because our God is greater, 
Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Because our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Yes, 
All right, we just sang the, the who the sun sets free. I was free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. The whole book of 1 John is about knowing that. Knowing that I belong to God. You, you think about that? Doctrinally, we go back to, you know, this once saved, always saved is what we talk about. But, but I, I want you to think about the power of God. That once God has us in His hand, nobody can pluck Him out. And so as I sing that song, as I sing that, those lyrics, it's about the God, the God who loves me, that John stopped and celebrated in, there in, the, verse, in, in the first part of chapter 3. What we're going to talk about. So here we are in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Remember, John wrote the gospel of John so that we would be saved. So that knowing the truth about Jesus Christ, that He was, He is, and that He died for us, and that He lives again. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He wants us to understand what that verse of Scripture meant. And so he wrote the book of John, the Gospel of John, so that we might be saved. And then we look at 1 John, the book. And 1 John, the book is, now that I've been baptized, now that I've accepted Christ, what do I do with my life? Because my life should now be different than it was before. It really is. I, I think we get it wrong. Sometimes I just think that we, I got saved and then we move on with our life. It's one of those things we, we checked off, right? It needs to change our life. So here we are. We're talking about the themes, light, righteousness, love, and assurance. Those are major themes. The assurance we just sang about. We're going to talk about this righteousness. And we're going to, talk, we're going to, we're going to deal with, if you'll notice reading through the, first, the book of 1 John, and I, I trust that you're doing that. So, you know, we're in chapter 4. Go back and start in chapter 1. It won't take you long, not now. 
Okay? It's this afternoon. While you're enjoying the remnants of the, while you're watching the grass turn green from the, from the, uh, the rain and, and, and thinking about how great that is until you realize you're going to have to mow it now. Okay? Um, read through the book of John and you'll see that he does this. He'll touch on a subject and then he'll come back and touch on the subject again. Maybe from a different point. But he'll touch on it again and add a little bit more understanding to it. And that's what we're going to look at here as we walk through this. Here's a quick review of where we've been. John, remember Ellie? Ellie was our tour guide in Israel. Why was Ellie good? Because Ellie knew what he was talking about. John is our tour guide. Why is he good? Because he walked with Jesus. He was there. He stood in the empty tomb. He saw the risen Savior. And he's up against these guys who did nothing of that. And they don't know the story. But yet they proclaim how good they are. So that's John, our tour guide, walking us through that. Jesus is a focus. He's heard, seen, and touched him. God is light. He addresses who God is and what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Talks about the idea that we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, right? He wants to forgive our sins. And then we open up chapter 2, and what's John want us to do? I mean, I'm feeling good, right? Because if I sin, I can get clean. And then I turn the page, and John says, I'm writing this so that you might not sin. Well, what happened here? And so that's our goal. Why is that our goal? Because our goal is to be like Christ. Did Christ sin? No. So our goal is not to be down here. Our goal is to live without sin. I told you the story about the track coach, right? Told us we were going to lose. We did it successfully. If you aim at sinning, you'll do it well. Our goal is not to sin at all. That's where our goal needs to be. We need to raise our bar up because too long we live in that, I just need to be better than so-and-so. That's how we live our Christian life out. That's not how we live our Christian life out. According to John, if you want to know now what, it's the idea of living without sin. And then he throws all the rest of the stuff in. How do I live without sin? How do I live without sin? I understand that I have a new relationship. Right? I'm working for somebody new. I, I have a new relationship. I belong. I mean, I'm a child of God. We sang that, Right? I wasn't a child of God. Now I'm a child of God. I should be different. I'm in a, a different family. He talked about the Antichrist. And he comes back. We're going to come. That's the subject we're going to come back to today, talking about the Antichrist. Those that are opposed to Christ. Not that one guy that we're waiting for for the end time. So Jesus come back bursting through the clouds. He talks about the Antichrist, those who opposed the Christian message. Matter of fact, he said that they want sat in the pews next to you. And they left. But he says, they weren't really of us. In other words, they'd heard the message. The, this, the gospel had been sowed, but they never, never took root. And they left because they had a better answer. That's not the answer. God, God has great love for us, chapter 3. That reminder, not about you, but I still... If I would understand... How much God loved me? I would do better not living with sin. Really would. I need to grasp that as best as I can. John talks about that. He talked about loving one another. Now today, as we read into the fourth chapter, two questions that we want to ask. Is it good or does it fit? Is it good or does it fit? That's essentially, if I'm going to simplify it, that's what John is asking us to do. He's asking those that he wrote the letter to, and then he's asking us in the future. We need to ask these two questions. Is it good or does it fit? There's a picture of a battery tester up here. Simple thing, right? You put it on there, it's green. You can use it again, it's red. Do something else with it. Recycle it, okay? But don't put it back in the pastor's microphone. <laughs> okay? So, so what we, what we want, we, you know, that, he's going to ask us, it's more important than battery life is what he's going to talk about. But it, that's kind of the picture of that. I went back to the kids' room today, and they're missing a puzzle. Isn't this...
Some days I just want to go back and play with the puzzles, right? So there is a piece missing. When we're talking about what John is writing about, we want to ask the question, does it fit? Well, it doesn't fit, does it? Now, I could take out a couple pieces, and pretty soon I wouldn't have what I started with. And then it would sit in here, but it wouldn't be the puzzle that it's supposed to be. The gospel message that John is talking about has pieces that fit. And then there are those pieces from the Antichrist, from the false teachers, from the false prophets, that don't fit in there. Don't make them fit. If it doesn't fit, throw it away. And that's what we're going to talk about here in John 1 John chapter 4, we're going to be reading it out of the first six verses. So it's on the New American Standard on the wall here. You can read out of your Bibles, whatever, whatever version you have. If you're online, you can read it down here in the corner. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming. And now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So we start off there in the fourth chapter, verse 1. It talks about testing the spirits. That's something that John asks us to do, is test the spirits. Now, in your Bible app, I think it's in there, but the background information I put there, the study notes that are down there, and... Uh, if you'll read through there, you'll find that back in the days that John was, the early church was starting out, it was not uncommon for people to just stand up and say, I have a, a word from God. I'm so glad we don't do that anymore. Okay? I, 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 will, I will tell you that, that I, at funerals, occasionally the preacher will ask, does anybody here have something to say about the deceased? I'm never going to do that unless you make me. I don't like surprises. And so here in this worship service, in their day, they had surprises. So when somebody got up, and do you, if you want to sound like you're authoritative, right? You stand up and you say, hey, Cliff said this. How far will that get you? I have no authority. But if you get up and say, God says this. Then you have some kind of authority with which you can speak on. And so people would stand up and they would say, God says this. God says this. And what John is saying, that everybody that gets up and says, God says this, isn't sent by God. Matter of fact, we see that in the Old Testament, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a true prophet. God spoke to Jeremiah. But there are other prophets who didn't like Jeremiah's message. And they spoke. And who did they say they spoke in the name of? Not themselves. They say that they had a message from God. And God came along and said, no, that message isn't from me. So what John is asking you to do is what Jeremiah was asking the people to do. Test it out. Does it belong, from, is it, does it sound like it's from God? It's important that we do that. And here's kind of the criteria. Is that message, when they stand up and say, I got this message from God, is it true? Is it from God? Does it look characteristic of something that God would say? And we have this advantage as we walk through this. We can, we can test it out, Right? With the, does the scripture line up with that? Does the scripture line up with that? So, Randy was teaching, flip the slide there. Randy was teaching a class on comparative denominations. And, and we, we did a short class. We went through it in two weeks. And one of the things that we got to take away from that was this beautifully laminated color denominational thing. From, it was from Rose Publishing. We can get you one. You can go online and get one. And on one side was the liturgical denominations, and the non-liturgical were on the other side. By the way, we're non-liturgical. So, 
Interestingly enough, you can see what they, their, when they started, their practices, what their belief about God, Jesus, just a whole bunch of things, all listed down there in, in columns, so you can go right across there and you can compare them. What do we believe? And there was a one on there that really, really bothered me, and it would bother John. Because in John's day, in John's day, they were the, the group that were called the Gnostics. You know how they, that, that was their name, and the Doetics. And what these people preached, because they couldn't get their mind, their little mind, our little mind, I can't get it either, about Jesus becoming flesh. That didn't make sense to them, so instead of just accepting it on faith that God, the, the Son, came down out of heaven, was born in a virgin, and walked among us in flesh and blood, when he bled, he really bled blood, right? He, when, he, when they drove the spikes through him, the flesh of Jesus felt the pain. When they pushed the crown of thorns down on his head, the flesh of Jesus felt the pain. Yet he was without sin, even though he's in flesh just like us. So it doesn't make sense to somebody. So what they do is they take away the deity of Jesus. In other words, he can't be both God and man at the same time. That just doesn't make sense. He would have had to separate out. And they, they, they have some sort of convoluted thing about the spirit resting. And I don't understand it. And you don't need to understand it because it isn't true. Hogwash, if I'm going to go to the fair thing today, okay? It was trash, right? And so that's what they would teach. And so that's what John's aiming at. When you take away, what is John stressed in John chapter 1? It is the, de the Word, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became flesh. That's, the very, that's how he started it out. And then he's got knuckleheads coming along, false prophets. They're coming along and they're going, that's not true. Then you're not preaching Jesus. Test it against what the Gospels say. John's not the only one that says that. Matthew, Mark, and Luke say the same thing. Jesus himself said the same thing. It bears out in Paul's writings and Paul's teachings. But yet they came along and they would teach that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. And matter of fact, that's where I started at. Was that nice, colorful pamphlet that I pulled out? When I'm skimming through there, it said that there are a contingent of this group of people, this denomination, who deny the deity, or at least it's optional, along with the virgin birth. Test the spirits. If it isn't what God's word says, it isn't worth following. Throw it out. It's moldy, it's stale, it's not good for you. It's poison to your system. John's concept is for you to become a Christian and then walk like a Christian. When you get tailed off into something else, guess what? You're not walking where you're supposed to be walking. And that's why John pushes this forward. Test it out. It needs to be consistent with the gospel message. It needs to be consistent with the scripture. I, at the end of the service, I'm going to put up here some, some scripture. It's eight chapters, most of the time, sometimes seven chapters, of have you read? You want a fix for your Christian life? It doesn't come from the Christian bookstore in a box. It comes from the Christian bookstore in the Bible you already have. If you will read it and apply it, you will walk like Jesus. But when you don't read it, when you don't pick it up and read it daily, you're going to mess up. You can't know what you believe if you don't read it. We're going to go down to the convention. Lisa and I are taking off. She, she's begging me to go on the motorcycle. So, when you see her pictures online down there, understand she's got helmet hair. It's not the normal Lisa. But anyway, when we get down there, rain is beautiful. It keeps you cool. Anyway, when we get down there, we're going we're gonna to attend the convention. And on the floor, there will be some issues. There will be issues for us to vote on, issues, uh, doctrinal issues. 
We have to decide how to vote. So the question is, when we face those things, what I want to know what Scripture says. I don't want to know what culture says. I want to know what Scripture says. And I want to apply that truth because I want to walk not by the culture. I want to walk by the Scripture. I want to test that out. I will say this in light of that, but you know, you, you'll hear about the problem, but I want you to know what, you don't hear, what you're not hearing about. Before we meet on Tuesday, there has been an evangelistic effort in New Orleans. It's got a name, and I can't remember what it's called. And they will stand up on, Monday, on Tuesday morning, and they will tell us how many people they shared the gospel with, and then they will tell us the glorious news of how many new brothers and sisters we have in Jesus Christ. Good things are going on. God is at work. I want you to know that. Then we're going to watch missionaries commission one of our IBSA state people. His daughter is going to be commissioned. We won't see her face. We won't hear her name because of where she is going to. But God has placed her in a place of darkness, a place where the gospel needs to be heard, and she's in a place where she'll be able to share it. We get it. I just, I, I, it's my favorite thing to watch at the convention is all of these people who are going, brave men and women, young and old, who have answered the call and they take the gospel out. And then we're going to celebrate all the churches that got planted. All my, my North American Mission Board, NAM. We just gave to that in the Annie Armstrong offering. And we'll see the fruits of that work. They'll talk about it. They'll talk about the numbers. They'll have faces of people that lives were changed because they went out there and saved. They went out there and shared the gospel and planted a church in their community so they got to hear the gospel message. So there are great things going on. But back to that, deciding if it's doctrine or not. I mentioned funerals earlier. I've said this before. When people die, how do they get to heaven? Stand in line behind somebody, you may be guilty of it. I may be guilty of it. They were such a good person. They're in a better place. If good could have got me to heaven, then Jesus didn't need to die. Understand, false prophets are out there, and there are things that are contrary to the teaching of the Scripture. Contrary to the teaching of the Scripture. So why do I need to test the spirits? Because of the false prophets. The Antichrists that are out there. He says they went out there. They're out there. Do they still think, I'm glad we got rid of them. You know, you could go to Walmart and you get some little exterminator spray and all the false prophets go away. Along with mildew. No, doesn't work that way. They're still out there. They have a foothold in our culture. They have a, oftentimes have a foothold in our churches. We need to test the spirits out to know if it's from God or not from God. We, why do I need to do this? Why do I wear a helmet? Why do I wear a jacket? Daniel said, you got, well, I got stuff I keep dry. Lisa will be fine today. Okay. Why do I wear all that stuff? Because I've seen you drive. No. I know that the possibility exists, so I want to get ready. I'm not planning on it. We need to know the truth so the truth can protect us from the lies, so that we can identify the bad and the good. Cling to the good, get rid of the bad. It's so all that Paul, all excuse me, all that John is asking us to do is identify what belongs to God and what doesn't belong to God. Remember, in John's world, as we read through the book of 1 John, there isn't a maybe pile. You know, you're going through things and you're you're gonna clean out a closet, you're gonna clean out a desk, you're whatever, you're gonna clean out your garage, and over here you're gonna put stuff. Well, I, I want to keep this stuff. Um, this stuff's gotta go. And here's this one pile. Well, I, I, I kind of might need it. Well, here's another kind of, kind of might, might need it. And pretty soon I got, I got 17 piles here. In John's world, it's bad or it's good. 
Let's keep that rule intact. When we look at doctrines, is it bad and we need to get rid of it, or is it good and we need to cling to it and share it? I love that. We love this verse, right? Because you've overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. How did they overcome? Because I want to know, right? What was the telltale sign that they had overcome? What was it that told John? Why was John able to celebrate? Because when I look at that, because here it is, it's us, followers of Christ, against the Antichrist, against the false prophets. It's a battle. We're not on the same side. They're against Christ, we're for Christ. We belong to Christ, they don't belong to Christ. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And when we do battle, what we want to do is we want to overcome these guys because they're bad. John writes to them, the false prophets have gone out from them. The false prophets have tried to persuade them to follow, but yet they haven't. You want to celebrate being able to overcome? That means stay where you're at in God's Word. Don't be lured off by the false prophets, by the Antichrist. That's the victory to celebrate. Standing the ground. You know, hurricane season's coming. I was reading an article about some community that's built up, and when the hurricane came through, they didn't have the damage because they, they stood strong. The, 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 you know, that, that scripture that we use, the house is on the, on the strong foundation, on the solid foundation. That's where we need to be. That's what we can celebrate. What are we going to walk away with as we walk out of here? What are we going to do? In other words, what, what do I want to do with this passage of scripture when I look at it? I'm going to go out and get a spirit tester, right? Here's what I want you to do. Participate in a doctrinal study. These are your action steps for this week. We did just not too long ago, we did the Baptist faith and message. What's the Baptist faith and message? It's doctrine. I mean, doctrine never sounds fun. I mean, I, you know, I'm the preacher and, and, and I'm not, well, I wonder what new doctrinal books out there. I'm not looking, right? But doctrine is so important. It's what John just reminds us of. It helps us stay where we need to be. It helps, us tell, it, help, it helps us understand. When we don't know, then all of a sudden we got junk. We're like a kid that gets left alone at Walmart with a shopping cart. Fill it up, kid. And if you could distill it, you'd have a, you'd have a truckload of sugar. I mean, it's what it, what it amounts to. And so what we, want, we need to know that. We need to know what's good for us, what's not. So how do we do that? We need to do some doctrinal study. You can pick up the Baptist faith, and message, Baptist faith and Message on your own. If you do it online, if you click on the text down there, it'll pop up a verse, and you can see where that verse came from, and then you can tie it to a line in the Baptist Faith and Message. And if it's not, if it doesn't connect, it's not doctrine. It's not good doctrine. We don't want culture. We want doctrine from the Scripture. There is, I looked, on the Right Now Media that you all have access to. And if you don't have access, all I need is your email. Matter of fact, I can put the link back on tomorrow's email. You can click on that, sign yourself up, punch in doctrine. And guess what? Francis Chan will show up at the top. But there are other things you can look at. Walk through those things. Learn what we believe, what the Scripture teaches. Know what we believe and why you believe it. Why is it that we're having this discussion down in New Orleans? What is it about that? What we know, we know what we believe and why we believe it. And then the last thing here. Remember the three circles thing? The three circles, Jimmy Scroggins put that together, and they have a whole training class. It's supposed to be easy enough for you to do on a napkin. But guess what? In their church, they made you come together, sit through a class, and then write on a napkin and share it with a friend. Explain it to somebody. Because they need to be able to understand it. I think sixth grade level is where we're aiming at. That way I can understand it. Okay? That's what we're aiming for. Explain it. Don't just have it head knowledge. Have it where you can. This is an opportunity for you to talk to one of your friends who maybe you don't have the opportunity all the time. Say, hey, I've been doing this study on Jesus, the Son, or salvation, or whatever. 
I just want you to listen enough and tell me if it makes sense because I need to be able to explain it because my preacher's going to ask me, okay? And I can ask you. Make sure that you have that out there. These are the steps that I would love for you to take with what we read out of 1 John chapter 4. Adam's going to come, and we're going to, it's good to have Adam back. He's healthy again, and, uh, and Adam's going to play. And so we're going to open up the invitation. If you want to come and pray, then come and pray. You may be praying for somebody. You may be praying for wisdom to determine good doctrine, bad doctrine. Just simple enough. That may be your prayer. You may be praying. You may come down and say, you know what? God has called me to be a missionary. You won't be on stage this week, but somewhere down the line, that could be you if you answer the call to what God is doing in your life. So let's stand and sing. Let me pray for a moment. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this church, Lord. Father, I pray that as we go out this week, Lord, we would be a light to this community. Father, we pray for the things that go on at the convention. And Father, we pray that your spirit would be there. Lord, that we would, they would see our love for one another, as John asks us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're going to pray again. Okay, but today was the day that we had our first ever, or first, our first non-denominational church service at the fairgrounds in a long time. I don't know how long ago it was. Kim, who's not here because she's been out at the fair all week, um, actually sent me a picture from 1982. And you could see that they've been in the grandstand at some time, and, and it was in the newsletter, and, and nobody... nobody emailed back and said, I recognize that person or that person. I suspect some of you may. But it was nice to get together this year. It rained. God blessed us with rain. And we have a beautiful fairground, so when we couldn't use the fairground for that, we actually moved underneath of one of the pavilions. It was a great, great morning out there. Uh, Bobby Verbecki, he was the, he's a music leader out at Cross Church. He brought sound equipment, sang, he played on the guitar, and uh, it was great worship there. Um, John Truax from Charity, they had canceled their service to be at the fairgrounds. That's what they wanted to do. That also allowed John to leave earlier for the convention. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so, but he got, he preached. I left a little bit early, but he did a great job. It was great to worship. There were people from, from the fairgrounds. There were people from other churches there. I don't know all the mix. We had over 90 people there. I had Matt count them, so we had a good idea of that. So it was good. It was good to be able to worship. And here's what I did that you, some of you were aware of and some of you were not. But remember when I was not here and because I was in the emergency room and they wouldn't let me go? <laughs> Much to my, um, I wasn't happy. Anyway, Mark came and preached for me, you know, and he preached about tithing over at Cross Church and then he changed messages between here and there and he preached to you guys and you guys wanted me to be sick again. So, so did a really good job. So this week, Mark had headed down to the convention, and last Sunday he sent me a text, and I ignored it initially, 
and asked if I would come and preach at Cross Church. I would return the favor kind of deal. And so today, uh, your pastor preached there. I, I didn't preach on tithing there. I preached the same message you guys just heard, a little bit different in the context there. But um, thankful for the opportunity. And so it's our sister church. It's the church across the railroad tracks. Um, we have prayed for their church for, it's been on the, on the list on a rotating basis to pray for Cross Church. I want to continue to do that. Uh, they're trying to get to a better place. Uh, they're looking for a, a, new, a new pastor. So this today, I, when I finished delivering the message, I prayed for their elders, their leadership, who were leading them through this time, and I also prayed for their search team leader and for their search. And so I would ask if you would join with me in this moment and pray for our sister church. We're going to have VBS. They're going to have VBS. We need to reach the children of this community and tell them about Jesus. We all need, when we baptize, they need to celebrate. When they baptize, we need to celebrate. This is God's kingdom, not our kingdom and their kingdom. So if you would join us in prayer. Father, thank you this day. Thank you for the opportunity that was afforded. And Father, I pray for our sister church, or we pray for, we'll pray for our sister churches this week. And Father, I just want to lift cross up the journey that they're on, the search for their pastor, uh, their, their future pastor, Lord, the search for where you would want them to be. Father, help us, Lord, to, to celebrate with them. Help them to celebrate with us, Lord. Help us to, to recognize that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. And Father, that you are the head of the church, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Here's the Have You Reds. What do I want you to do this week? Read Scripture, okay? And I'll send out an email that will have the links on there for the convention if you want to sit at home and watch what's going on, okay? Thank you, guys.